Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Sports Travel Podcast, where we interview leaders and top athletes throughout the sports event industry. This is Matt Traub, Senior Editor of Sports Travel, and our guests today are Mike Kenny, the Executive Vice President of Ripken Baseball, and Baseball Hall of Famer Cal Ripken Jr. But first, a word from our sponsor. In Maryland, your experience starts the moment you hoist the trophy, punch your ticket, or advance to the next round. From our mountains to our beaches to our world-famous crab cakes and one-of-a-kind ice cream trail, Maryland has something for every member of today's travel sports family. Team Maryland, our collective of DMOs, CVBs, and local government agencies, is ready to help you plan your next sports tourism event. And, more importantly, we're ready to help you plan your next family adventure. Learn more about Team Maryland at teammd.us. Team Maryland, where families come to play. And now, on to the conversation. Cal Ripken Jr. is baseball's all-time Ironman. He retired from the game in 2001 after a Hall of Fame career that spanned 21 seasons, all with the Baltimore Orioles. Well, he's best known for his incredible streak of 2,632 consecutive games played, he also redefined the position of shortstop. Ripken compiled 3,184 hits, 431 home runs, and 1,695 RBIs in his career. He was a 19-time All-Star and was twice named American League Most Valuable Player before being inducted into the National Baseball Hall of Fame in 2007. In his post-playing career, one of his passions has been growing Ripken Baseball, a youth baseball organization that runs a group of sports complexes in Maryland, South Carolina, and Tennessee, hosting a series of Ripken Experience events. Ripken Baseball will bring its Ripken Experience tournament play to the Legends Showdown in Round Rock, Texas in July in partnership with Ryan Sanders Sports and Entertainment. Charged with leading Ripken Baseball's growth is Mike Kenny, a seasoned marketing professional with experience with the Harlan Globetrotters and Comcast Spectator. We talked with Cal and Mike recently about expanding the Ripken brand into Texas, how Ripken Baseball organizationally has been able to deal with the past year plus during the pandemic while staying true to its organizational mission, trends for youth baseball to participation, and Cal gives us his thoughts on the state of Major League Baseball and what shortstop he enjoys watching the most. We hope you enjoyed the conversation. Mike Kenny and Cal Ripken Jr., thank you for joining us today on the Sports Travel Podcast. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Yes, our pleasure. Thank you. I know that Ripken Baseball has scheduled a new Ripken Experience event in July in Round Rock, Texas, and you're looking to possibly bring one to Florida. Why does now feel like the right time to try and do these new things for your organization? Do you want to start, Mike, or do you want me to uh, lead you off? Yeah, why don't you go? <laughs> um, you know, why, why now to try to expand uh, some of our concepts? Uh, it took us... Uh, uh, many years to, uh, I, I won't say we per- perfected it, but we've created a big league experience and it's been very successful. We have three different complexes. We always look to look to be able to share that across the country. So um, we didn't plan on COVID. So maybe uh, our, starting, uh, our starting to expand would have happened a little bit sooner. But, uh, you know, now we're all ramped up. We want to uh, scale it. We want to spread it around. We want to give kids the chance to have that big league experience in their area. So, uh, Matt, what we hear from what we hear from our teams is they want the chance to experience what Ripken Baseball has to offer. As Cal was mentioning, you know, our secret sauce that we've protect we've perfected in, in our our business model. Teams all over the country want that experience, but not all of them have the opportunity to travel in from the West Coast and Midwest, as we're currently really East Coast focused. So we've we've come up with a model that's mobile that we can take across the country and capture those same elements that people love 
that the Ripken experience provides um, and do that remotely. Um, and it's something that we've worked on for a while, as Cal was mentioning with COVID, that we probably would have got ahead of this a little sooner, but running it this year and, and certainly have much bigger plans for 22 and beyond. What kind of amount of planning has it taken to make sure that Ripken Baseball as an organization is able to not only host tournaments at its own venues, as it has been doing for several years very successfully, but now you can organize those events and destinations. You've kind of hinted at it that these have been part of your plans for a while, but you know how long and how much detail did you really have to go into the planning? This is right up Mike's background. And uh, you know one of the reasons that we brought Mike on board was the, the great background that he does have. But this is perfect for you. I'll let you have this one, Mike. Thanks, Cal. Um, so from a some, uh, planning standpoint, Matt, as we've looked at this, there's so many moving parts when you go off-site. You know, it's one thing to have a home game on your facility where you control all the elements. For us to make sure that we were capturing all the essence of the Ripken experience and going off-site, we need to work very closely with our partners in the city. So from a municipality standpoint, not only did the facility have to be right, but we had to make sure that CVB and the sports um, tourism groups were on board with us coming to town and also understood how we're different than maybe a, a standard baseball tournament. All those extra elements of having Cal come in and address um, the coaches and the kids and making sure the facility was set up in the right way, making sure the facility was one solid location um, versus, you know, maybe having to drive across town to play at multiple fields. All of those things were important to our brand and what we represent. So when we go through the planning process, you can't just say, all right, we want to go to said place, you know, in Texas, we had to find the right location with the right partners. And so it's a lot of prep work. An executional standpoint, we go on sale a year before our event comes to town. So you're really looking at an 18-month window. For us, you know, six months of finding the right destinations and then that year of, of sales and planning and service to get the facility the way we want it to look. Like we dress the facility to make sure that we're representing the Ripgren brand the right way and we're giving the parents, the coaches, and the kids the right experience. So I'll add on top of that, we're all about the details and trying to give a big league experience to these kids. Now, one of the elements of that is the facility. It's got to be a big league caliber type facility. In our own complexes, we're able to modify ballparks and in some cases build replicas, uh, Little Fenway, um, Wrigley Field, give elements of uh, what those fields uh, would, would feel like. Sometimes when you go on the road, that's a challenge to try to find that. But still, the quality of the, of the facility is A, number one, and the details surrounding that. I mean, anything from Gatorade in the dugout and all the things that the big leaguers have, have, have come to expect, we want the kids to experience that. So again, I think the, the success lies in the details, and uh, we really have to focus on the details when we go off-site. You mentioned all the events that you've done at your own f- facilities and how important the details are to you. When you go to Ripken Baseball events, what do you try to emphasize to those when you do make your when you do talk to coaches when you talk to players? <laughs> um, one of my signature uh, comments, and I really believe in this, and it's mostly directed towards the coaches and parents, is how they deal with pressure or how kind of how much pressure they put on the kids. Parents love their kids, no doubt about it. But they want them to to have the best success, and they they're into their um, experience maybe more than they should be. And so I try to make them realize, let the kids be kids, let them experience, you know, the, uh, the good things that happen out there, but also let them experience the failures because you learn a lot from the failures. So I, I try to address them from a form of pressure. And, uh, and some of my comments will be try to refrain from having a 
post-game analysis um, of the game right after the game's over or when you're riding home in the car. Kids are resilient. Kids experience it, and then they'll lose it really quickly if you let them. Um, but if you harp on it and stay over it, you're taking the love and the uh, joy out of the experience. And really, you got to remember that uh, it is a game, and it's supposed to be fun. And, yes, you want to compete in the right way. And that's another message that we, we try to deliver is you want to compete in the right way from a sportsmanship standpoint. But I really want to try to make the point to the coaches, remember you're the adults. You're supposed to have gone through the, all these experiences that they're experiencing now. So be a little more calm. Don't put the pressure on, on them and let them enjoy it uh, in, in a way that it was meant to be. How has Ripken Baseball organizationally been able to deal with the past year plus during the pandemic and stay true to the organizational mission that you guys have? I know you were able to have multiple tournaments last year during the end of the summer with very strict health and safety protocols, but still that has to have been a, a hard thing for you guys to be able to do. Yeah, from um, from the planning standpoint there, uh, so much work went into that. I, I would say that I think the biggest part was education, was was just teaching ourselves or learning what the best practices and what the recommendations were from medical experts, from insurance, from a liability standpoint, and then working with, since we're in multiple uh, states, with each municipality on what their rules were, you know, how are they were looking at, you know, could you get, could you gather with this many people and could you have people from out of state? So we essentially just downloaded as much information as we possibly could. And so then aggregating all that information, you know, took us probably two months. And then as we sorted through it and said, okay, we now have our medical advice at this point. We now have our, our legal and liability information and, and kind of approved. Then the, the real step was for us to go to the board, to ownership, to Cal and Bill and and, and the board and say, here's our plan. Here's why we feel comfortable returning to play. And there was so much that, you know, that goes into that process. And, and we looked at it as we can't go back to the field until we're ready. Forget about what the municipality says, but until we're ready to represent the brand and deliver the experience that the customers want. We actually were probably a few weeks behind others in the areas that we were operating because of that, because we said, like, again, if it can't be right, if it can't be the experience that we're going to have, we just didn't want to go out there and, and do something that wasn't up to our standards. So I will tell you, in addition to the information, learning about technology, and then we're doing this all remotely. You know, we're not traveling at this point. Our facilities are uh, up and down the East Coast. And, you know, we're using technology like Zoom and go to meetings and things like that. So um, I think the empowerment of the staff, knowing how strong and talented our staff is internally, and then leading into technology, which everyone now has, I think those were great discoveries through the process to get us back on the field, do it safely. Um, we had a great 2020 season, and that has really that has really led to a, our strongest season ever in 21. I'm uh, I could say um, I'm more proud of our organization. Period, because uh, even though you go through the COVID challenges that everybody didn't know how to react to, it took a lot of coordination. Um, and a lot of effort. And I firmly believe that we're stronger now than we were before because we had to deal with those issues and you had to do it the right way. I mean, my dad used to have an expression, if it's worth doing, it's worth doing right. We had other challenges that are outside the norm in, in this particular case. And the way that, that our organization came together and solved that problem, solved that issue uh, to our satisfactory first, and then to the satisfactory of, uh, of the parents and the coaches we had to make sure that we earned that trust. And we, we, we weren't comfortable going out there until, until we thought we were up for that challenge. 
in some ways you only get one opportunity at that. And then uh, you could, you could hurt your brand. And we came at it uh, really well. Of course we wanted to play. And of course the kids were dying to get out there, but uh, sometimes it takes a little longer uh, to make sure that what you're doing is right. How do you guys see the trends for youth baseball participation going as things continually begin to reopen post-pandemic? Obviously, because Ripken Baseball is so much geared toward making sure that youth baseball players, regardless of whether or not they try to go on to a collegiate or professional career, still have that type of high-quality, high-caliber experience. Well, I mean, I'll, I'll uh, start uh, addressing that. I think um, there's a pent-up demand and uh, people want to get out and they want to play and they want to compete and they want to get back to some level of normalcy. And I think your kids' activities are a level level of normalcy. And so I'm hoping that uh, we can be that uh, for the kids and they can get back out there and their parents can get back out. And then all of a sudden you can forget about this thing that we've been dealing with for, for a year and a half. The day-to-day trends and all that kind of stuff, I'll leave that to Mike. But I mean, it seems to me like uh, we're ready you know, as a country to get back to normal. And uh, I think that we're going to have a really pent up demand that people are going to come out in greater numbers. From a business standpoint, we've never had a stronger year than we're having right now. Our, our summer business has exploded. That pent up demand is real. And, you know, as I just mentioned previously, I think a lot of that started last summer because people had trust in us that we were operating the right way and we were doing things in a way that had the teams and parents' best interest in mind versus just saying like, hey, money grab, you know, we haven't been able to operate, let's get out in the field. That wasn't our mantra. And I think people felt that, they experienced that. And so we carried teams, you know, some that certainly would have come and spent 21 with us, but I think we actually got teams that may have gone other places because of the experience was so good in 20 that have now uh, changed their plans for 21 with us. Our business is so strong uh, this summer that we've had to add weeks We've added space. We've started tournaments earlier. We've done everything that you can think of to yet still keep our experience intact and that core essence of what the Ripken experience is, but uh, satisfy the demand of getting as many teams possible in, but doing it in a way where they're having, still having a great time. So all we're seeing and hearing from the parents is youth baseball has never been more important or stronger. And we're loving that because we're, we prepared for this and this is what we want to do every day. We want to see those smiles on kids' faces. Major League Baseball, Cal, it looks so much different than today than it t- did during your career. And I know Theo Epstein in the offseason, he was hired as a consultant for on-field matters. If he calls you and says, you watch baseball, you know baseball, <laughs> you tell me what you like right now and what you really don't like right now about the game, what would you tell him? You know, uh, I'm not one of those players, uh, and I've seen him in my time, that over time, you kind of look at the game and say it was better when I played it. I'm, I'm uh, of the opinion that we all have a chance to make a contribution to the game by our success and maybe uh, how you play the game. And maybe you make it a little bit better um, through your time. And I try to keep an open mind to fans that have watched the game. I mean, the big criticism about how slow it is and all that. My personal opinion is that um, if you start to become more educated about the game, you start to understand down deep inside what is happening in, in some of these slow moments, then you won't see it as so boring. I'm not so sure that that's uh, attainable. I think that, you know, you want to you get the pace of the game moving a little bit faster. I'm a big advocate of shaping the minor leagues in sort of a, a, a pace of game, a sort of a rhythm in the games, and then let the big leaguers kind of do what they, they want, and then eventually that will change. I will tell you, I'm not a big advocate of uh, extra innings, putting a guy on second base. If you're competing against the other team, 
you're giving a gift to the other team um, to put somebody on second base. If we have the better ability to get a guy in scoring position and we execute better, you're giving them a chance to beat us um, instead of having them earn it. I get it and I understand, uh, you know, what they're trying to accomplish. And I even think it's a challenge for your manager to manage your team. You know, it's a harder management of your bullpen if you have to decide in extra innings who I'm going to who I'm going to use and how I'm going to use them. Um, your decision making in that particular day might affect your ability to win tomorrow and the day after that. So if you have a really good manager, a really good strategist, then you're losing some of that advantage, you know, from a management standpoint too. So I understand some of the changes. I'd love to see the DH in both leagues. I like a balanced schedule a little bit more than the uh, the interdivision schedules. I understand why they do that, but you're playing those guys quite a bit. Interleague play, a limited one. I thought that was the greatest idea to take advantage of local rivalries that you would have each and every year, and then maybe you start to expand and have a wild card visit, you know, someplace else. I don't uh, I don't really like it in the beginning of the year, but. I think some of these ideas have really infused the added wild card, you know, uh, and then the, the play-in game. I think is fantastic. Uh, it used to be you proved in a long season whether you were the best team in the league. In the old old days, and this is before my playing time, you had the American League lineup, National League lineup. Whoever won the American League, whoever won the National League, went right to the World Series, and that would prove they're both two of the best teams in the uh, league. That would prove one of the two best teams won the pennant that particular year. But the playoffs are an added level of excitement. You know, you, you, you position yourself during the season for the playoffs. And I think the playoffs have become way more exciting to watch from a fan standpoint. So I, so I applaud that. So I like, I like the energy that uh, baseball is putting forth to try to make it appeal to a younger audience uh, as well. But, but some of these things, uh, from an old school perspective, I, I, have, I have a hard time grasping. As someone who, as a shortstop, broke the mold, which ones do you like to watch the most today? Well, I think Corey Seager has a, a similar body shape. And I did a couple of things for, um, for ESPN where I was looking at, you know, footwork. Because when you're a big guy playing shortstop, and, I, and I'm, he's 6'5", um, 225 or 230 pounds playing shortstop. When you're, when you're a bigger person, you move differently than a, a smaller person. Like in my case, uh, I was compared to Ozzy Smith quite a bit. I mean, he's a fleet footed quickly. Uh, he has the best range. He has the best uh, reaction uh, all that. I had to go about making plays differently than he did. But in the end, I think we were the only two shortstops that had over 900 chances in a, in a season. And so I take great pride in that. So when I look at Corey Seager, I see that the efficiency of his footwork and more like how, how I had to learn to play the position. And sometimes you look around when you are that um, anomaly at first, you're trying to figure out, okay, how do you make that? You're not getting your answers from watching other shortstops. You're kind of having to figure it out on your own. And so uh, I really appreciate how he goes about playing the game. And he's, he's very efficient with his footwork and he has good, good range, you know, for a big guy. You are listening to the Sports Travel Podcast. And now a word from the sponsor of this episode. In Maryland, your experience starts the moment you hoist the trophy, punch your ticket, or advance to the next round. From our mountains to our beaches to our world-famous crab cakes and one-of-a-kind ice cream trail, Maryland has something for every member of today's travel sports family. Team Maryland, our collective of DMOs, CVBs, and local government agencies, is ready to help you plan your next sports tourism event. And, more importantly, we're ready to help you plan your next family adventure. Learn more about Team Maryland at teammd.us. Team Maryland, where families come to play. 
And now back to the conversation. What about Ripken baseball's philosophy for youth development is most important for both of you guys being baseball fans, baseball, you know, baseball players, Hall of Fame legend in Cal's case, you know, because that seems to be just a really big breeding, you know, proving ground for kids. But also, I tend to believe that you guys want to do more than just educate them about baseball. Sure. So I think the most important thing about what we do, and Cal touched on a little bit, is has to be fun for the kid. If they're not having fun, development, the games, it's not going to be a memory worth uh, a, a lifelong memory for them. And, and that's really important to us. It's important to us that the family has a great experience as well. So as we think about, you know, our business, it's not just the kid or, you know, the coach, it's the whole family coming, the age of our kids. And so we need to provide something that all of them have this great memory and and have a great time. So from our perspective, we look at it and think the car ride home, because most people travel by car, should be as much about the great play in the field as the water slide that they went on while they were in town or a great meal that they had or something fun that they did. So having fun for everybody, that's really where it starts for us. My dad was an emphasis on fun. Uh, we believe philosophically in competition. You know, it's, uh, um, I don't think we ever believed in the notion when you sign up that you should get a participation trophy just for signing up. You know, in some of these tournaments, uh, you're not making it a cutthroat competition per se, but competition is is learning and uh, competing in life. And sports shows you how to compete. Now, having said that, there are way, there's a way to compete that is considered good. You have respect for the game. You have respect for the other team. You have respect for the rules. So many times you start getting into competition, and we saw this at Major League Baseball level, and it happens at the highest level probably way more frequently is that you, you cheat a little bit. You cheat the rules. You uh, – you steal signs. You're trying to give direction. I want a fair competition. When I played the game, I didn't get signs from the guy on second base. There's many people in the league that think that when you get on second base, and if you don't disguise your signs good enough, that now uh, I've earned my position to be able to see your signs, and I should be able to transfer those to the, to the hitter. I never was that of opinion. I think when you, the competition is between me and the pitcher, not between me and the pitcher and the guy on second base. And so I never did that. And I would, I would encourage all the kids to compete fairly. The rules are there for a reason. You don't necessarily exploit the rule. There's a, uh, there's a spirit of the rule that helps you compete. And so I love a hard competition, a hard fought game. I am of the opinion you should shake hands afterwards. You should respect the other team's feelings. You know, I get all happy about an home run. Uh, and my dad says, you know, the person that gave up the home run is not so happy. <laughs> and so be respectful of his feelings as well. And if you can get the kids to start to understand that, it, it, that, that is true competition. And uh, it's not really easy in this day and age because you've got models uh, that uh, in the big leagues that are watching homers and they're doing all kinds of stuff. It's like they're entertainers more than sportsmen. But I would like to teach the kids to be more sportsmen, I think, at this age than uh, entertainers. Overall, where do you see Rick and baseball's biggest growth potential? Obviously, with the new Rick and experience event in July in Round Rock, the first time you guys have gone outside your own venues, where do you see Rick and baseball growing over the next couple of years and then even long term beyond two, three, four years? So, Mike, this was part of your interview process. We ask you these kind of questions, so I'll let you go back to the original and, uh, and, and communicate that as well as you did then. 
You got it. So Matt, for growth for our business, we look at it in, in a few different ways. One is our core business of running, running facilities, owning and operating facilities, and doing our own in-house programming, like more of that. So, you know, that is something that we work on every single day. How do we scale our business across the country? How do we find more facilities that we can run that are truly up to the Ripken experience standards? Outside of that, the on-tour model uh, allows us to introduce the brand to people that haven't had the experience to come um, to one of our facilities yet. So we get to introduce it to the teams, to the parents, to the families, but as important, the municipalities. So for the short term and then the long term, they'll see what we were able to bring to town and maybe that spawns a conversation about a long-term facility there. Outside of that, our merchandise business, our food and beverage business, our ancillary revenue opportunities. Uh, we recently just changed our logos uh, and that was something that was very important to us to modernize our brand and our, our look a bit. It had been probably since the inception of the brand in the early 2000s that we have changed that. And kids have different tastes, colors, schemes are different. You know, it's just different way about what kids look at these days. So we've just introduced that. That's another way for us to grow our business. And I think long, long, long term, this is, you know, part of my vision is looking at other sports. Because as we think about our business, really we're operators. Clearly our core proficiency and our name and our legacy is all based in baseball. But the business that Cal and Bill have started, one of the things that they have created within the staff is really proficient operators. So to have people that can operate a baseball tournament with the knowledge, the institutional knowledge of another sport, you could do the same thing. The principles of how to run a tournament the right way are still there. And so I think that's something that we'll look at and consider as we move forward, assuming we can find the right opportunity to bring to Cal and get him excited about. And, I, and I'll, I'll just add to that a little bit is synthetic fields and complexes, uh, you know, they've been uh, built and uh, many times the programming can't keep up with those, uh, those facilities. So we have to be open-minded too, that maybe we're, we're a solution for the programming as opposed to coming in and designing fields and those sorts of things. So there's opportunity there. There's opportunity with uh, public-private partnerships. Myrtle Beach um, was a vac- vacation destination, which is an important part. Pigeon Forge was a vacation destination. And both mun- municipalities understood that they're bringing tourism into that area. We're focusing on the baseball experience, but it is tourism as well. So focusing on those those sites and trying to expand on, on our success in those areas would be really good. And I think some of the growth, we might get back to uh, teaching a little bit more. We have uh, the attention of all the kids that play baseball. We want to help them be better players and have better experiences. So we came from a teaching background with our dad. Billy's one of the most fantastic teachers, my brother Billy, that I've ever seen because he has the ability to communicate and the knowledge in which to do it. And so we might get back into uh, being more of that to some of our players, but but our core competency is in our tournaments and operation of those tournaments, and we want to stay true to that as well. Well, the Ripken Baseball Organization, it has not only three facilities throughout the East Coast, but it will be bringing the new Ripken Experience event in July in Round Rock, Texas. And Mike and Cal, I really want to thank you for your time and for the conversation today. You got it. it, it it's our fun. I mean, it, it's fun. I think early in my business days, you dreamed a lot and then you chased a lot of opportunities. Thank goodness we narrowed our focus a little bit <laughs> so we can, uh, we can have success. But it's good to kind of blow it up and think about where you want to go. And we're, it's an exciting time for us because now we're going. 
And uh, I couldn't be I couldn't be more excited about these different opportunities that we're ready for at this time. This has been another edition of the Sports Travel Podcast. Thanks for listening and be sure to subscribe to our podcast on all your favorite platforms, including iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. Past episodes are also available at sportstravelmagazine.com, which features breaking news and in-depth features on stories related to the sports event industry. Be sure to visit us daily at sportstravelmagazine.com, at Sports Travel on Twitter and Instagram, and at Sports Travel Magazine on Facebook and LinkedIn. Until then, this is Matt Trout for Sports Travel, and thanks for listening.